0: This is Cruise Radio.
1: I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com.
0: Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio.
1: Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Celebrity Equinox today, a seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing. Sherry stops by with cruise news and trying something a little new here. So I have the daily cruise radio news briefs Monday through Friday, but now I'm trying to share them on Facebook and on Twitter with a video feed. So you can, it's not me doing the news briefs. You don't want to see me every day. I promise, especially when I recorded them at five 30 in the morning, regardless, you can still hear them on Facebook. Just check out cruise radio news or on Twitter at cruise radio. All right, we'll jump right to Sherry with cruise news. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So we only have two coronavirus stories today, thank God. Um, this first one we talked about last week. Westerdam finally found a port, it docked in Cambodia, but uh, something happened after that.
2: Yep. Yeah, so and this kind of this is extremely interesting, actually. So despite claims from Holland America that there were no cases of coronavirus or anyone with symptoms on board the Westerdam an 83-year-old woman tested positive for coronavirus in Malaysia, and that was the first stop for the passengers after leaving Westerdam on Valentine's Day. So according to Holland America, none of the 1,455 passengers or 802 crew members had any symptoms. But uh, as I just mentioned, the ship had been rejected from five other nations. So Cambodia you know, really rolled out the red carpet to welcome the ship to dock there. So uh, on February 14th, as I just mentioned, most of the passengers left the Westerdam and flew from Cambodia to Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And when the plane from Cambodia stopped, uh, that's when they tested the passengers again for the virus. So when this woman was retested, it showed that she had a fever And when she and her husband were taken to a local hospital, it was discovered then that she indeed was positive. And while her husband's results for coronavirus were still negative, he did show signs of having pneumonia. So the issue now really is to try and locate the passengers who went on ahead for home, as well as to continue to monitor the remaining passengers aboard Westerdam that are still in Cambodia and wait and see if anyone else develops the virus.
1: Which brings us to Diamond Princess.
2: Yeah, there's a lot here to unravel. So American citizens quarantined on the Diamond Princess landed at either Travis Air Force Base in California or Joint Base San Antonio Lackland in Texas over the weekend. The passengers then had traveled from Yokohama aboard two Kalita Air 747 cargo planes and they were escorted to the airport by Japanese troops who organized the transport movement from ship to bus to the planes. 13 out of 328 U.S. citizens tested positive for coronavirus, though most showed no identifiable symptoms. They were kept in isolation on the flight home, and as soon as the planes landed, those whom the State Department had labeled, and this is their term, high-risk, stayed aboard and were transferred to the University of Nebraska Medical Center for isolation and treatment. The other asymptomatic passengers were taken to an on-base hotel-type facility at either Travis or San Antonio to face another 14-day quarantine period. Diamond Princesses canceled at least until April 20th. Majestic Princesses canceled from February 22nd through April 2. And Sapphire Princess has been canceled from February through June 11th.
1: Yeah, and Sapphire Princess, actually, they just announced it about two hours ago. It's being redeployed to Australia, which I'm sure we're going to see more of these ships go into Australia and probably Mm -hmm. Europe, like Norwegian Spirit is. Yeah. So they're going to do 44 new sailings in Australia from five different cruise ports. That's on Sapphire Princess. So getting out of coronavirus here and going into a new ship, Scarlet Lady finally debuted.
2: Yeah, and I cannot believe it's It's five years ago when we met, when we saw Sir Richard Branson arrive by helicopter and streaming colors in Miami for the official announcement that he was launching a cruise line. And back then it was called Virgin Cruises. So it took three years, but they have just Formally welcomed the debut of their first lady ship called Scarlet Lady. The newly delivered ship features over 1,400 cabins and can hold more than 2,700 passengers. There will be about 1,160 crew members on board. In the next three years, there will be four Virgin Voyages cruise ships total sailing the world. So next year, we'll see Valiant Lady added, followed by a new ship in 2022 and 2023, and both of those two are yet unnamed. And so after hosting two preview cruises, Scarlet Lady will head to Miami and begin her scheduled itineraries.
1: Cannot wait to see Scarlet Lady. Super excited to see her in a couple of weeks in New York City. And a new, well not new, but a refurbished ship, Norwegian Cruise Line ship just got out of dry dock.
2: Yeah, and I just saw some photos and the ship and the hull looks absolutely beautiful. So this is Norwegian Spirit. The ship just emerged from a massive $100 million 43-day dry dock in Marseille, France. The renovation, which is part of Norwegian Cruise Line's ongoing Norwegian Edge program, was the most extensive refurbishment of any ship in their fleet. Staterooms were added, existing ones are update, updated, and as I mentioned, there's this new hull art, which is sort of wave-like and flowy. It's really very pretty. Um, and if you're curious about what some of the changes are, um, they doubled the size of the spa. There's a new thermal suite and a relaxation area. The fitness center was enlarged. And they added the Italian eatery Onda by Scarpetta, which the only other ship in the fleet to have that is Encore. So there's a new uh, specialty restaurant. They added Taste, which is a main dining room, keeping in the food category, I guess, um, the local bar and grill, which is the 24-hour pub slash eatery, and on some, sh- some ships, it's O'Sheehan's. That was added. Updates were made to the Garden Cafe Buffet, the Great Outdoors Bar, and the Waves Pool Bar. There's now a Bliss Ultra Lounge, as well as a Spinnaker Lounge. And the adults now have their own Spice H2O. It's an adult hangout area. Spirit is now going to be sailing all through Europe, and they're going to have some really neat itineraries, some longer ones. They're going to go to Dubai. They're going to head south to Cape Town, South Africa. But eventually the ship will home port in Piraeus, which is, the you know, the port for Athens, Greece. And that will happen on April 19th of this year. And then there will be seven-day voyages to the Greek islands, to Turkey, and Israel running through November 8th of 2020. So. These last minute itineraries, whether it's Australia or these exotic ones to Europe, this is, you know, at least there is something of a bright note through all this misery.
1: Our last cruise talking point, Royal Caribbean is developing a new destination.
2: Yeah, so Royal Caribbean and the government of Antigua and Barbuda have signed an agreement to build the company's first Royal Beach Club. So the Royal Beach Club at Antigua will be located along more than half a mile of this beautiful beachfront. The beach club experience will have private cabanas and a pool with a swim up bar and locally inspired experiences. There will, of course, be the familiar island style barbecues and the live uh, tropical music. Water activities will include what you'd expect, jet skis, paddle boarding, snorkeling, and a family splash pad. Royal Caribbean has committed to bring Symphony of the Seas to Antigua with the port call on November 3rd of 2020. And Symphony will then be the first Oasis-class ship to visit the island.
1: All right, listener question comes from Jamie. We want to do a non-crowded, safe, private beach club with our younger kids while we're in Cozumel. So many conflicting reviews. would love to hear your advice. We sail Liberty in July.
2: Well, thanks for your question, Jamie. And, you know, there's really... Quite a few places you can spend the day in Cozumel with a family. One that comes to mind, and Doug and I both know someone who's been there recently, and that's Chancanab Park. So they're all a little bit, um, you know, you have to take a taxi or they may even have a shuttle there. But once you're there, um, they have all sorts of family-friendly activities. There's a dolphin swim, there's cabana rentals, there's a nature preserve, and you can go snorkeling, and of course, there's the Mexican Buffet. And if you're curious about the cost, you can can purchase just a plain admission. And for adults, that's $23. And kids ages 4 to 12 are $16. And if you just get the plain admission, what you'll have is you'll have parking, you'll have bathrooms and dressing rooms. There's hammocks you can can use. There's beach chairs. You'll get a life vest. Um, There's a little inlet for swimming, a tropical garden, and a playground for kids, What I've done here before, it's been a couple, it's probably been about three years since I've done it, but I've purchased the buffet and snorkel admission. So for adults, that is now $33 and $24 for kids, again, four to 12. But you have this, and the lunch is really good. You know, it's a Mexican buffet lunch. And then you get the snorkel equipment and you have access to all the features that the park has. Doug, how about you? What are your thoughts?
1: I went to Chunkanab, uh, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but I went there a couple of years ago and I had a good time. Um, I prefer more of an all-inclusive experience. So Nachi Kokum or Mr. Sancho's, both of those are also kid-friendly. They're all like within three miles of each other. So not too terribly far from the cruise port and not too expensive either. So Chunkanab, um, Nachi Kokum or Mr. Sancho's is what I suggest.
2: I would agree. There's a a lot more activities at Chunkanab than Nachi Kokum, and especially more than if you went to the um, the other side of the island, which is really more uh, adult type. You know, there's, they don't have kid programs. They don't have swimming. It's very rocky.
1: Is that where you go nude sunbathing?
2: Oh, shut up. I told you
1: not to <laughs> tell people. <laughs> All right. Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you. Thanks, Doug.
0: If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News Skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio.
1: A big question we get at Cruise Radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer, if you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at tripinsurance.com. Not not only does tripinsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. When
0: is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market Leading Specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, in which we include the visas, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com.
3: Check out our blog, the video page,
1: and interact at cruiseradio.net. Sarah just returned from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise aboard Celebrity Equinox from Port Everglades, and she joins us on the line. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Doug. Let's get a couple of pre-cruise thoughts here, Sarah. What made you want to take this seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise?
3: So I went on this cruise with my entire family. Uh, We were a group of 14, and actually we have been traveling over Christmas every year for the last, I want to say 17 years. Mm-hmm. So this is just a tradition we do every year where we like to go on a cruise over Christmas. And then we actually booked this cruise essentially two years in advance. We try to book our cruises two years in advance. And we actually originally were booked on a different celebrity cruise that was supposed to be an 11-day cruise. Um, but luckily, like uh, about a year in advance, we realized that 11 days just wasn't going to work out for us because of just people's work schedules and stuff Mm -hmm. so about a year in advance we were able to switch to the celebrity equinox which was a seven day um and we were super excited about it because uh this is actually our third time as a family traveling on the celebrity equinox and it has always been our favorite ship so we were excited to go on it again
1: very cool so you're up in the new york area you make your way to south florida any pre-cruise time down there
3: trickled down and got there at different times. I unfortunately had to work up until the last minute, so I only got there late at night the night before. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we stayed at Embassy Suites right by the port. Uh, We had stayed there several times before, and it's, it's great, and it has free breakfast, so that really worked out for us.
1: Very nice. You make your way to Port Everglades. How was embarkation once you got to Celebrity Equinox?
3: Really great. I mean, they have a terminal there that I believe is like a year old, we were there <laughs> last year at Christmas time as well, and it's such a great, beautiful terminal. Um, being a group of fourteen, we had a ton of suitcases. So just <laughs> getting all of our suitcases off the bus and organized, um, and then getting just everyone together and into the terminal it took a little while. Uh, but once we you know took our big group photo and got into the t- terminal, I would say it only took us about ten minutes, I would say, to actually get on the ship. It was super easy. We all made sure to do our express passes um, in advance, and we actually printed them out, which mm-hmm. definitely made things a lot easier to get on the ship.
1: Yeah, that new terminal they have down there is really pretty.
3: Yeah, it's gorgeous.
1: Yeah, so you, you make your way on board Equinox. I know you said you've been on before, so what were your first impressions this time around?
3: I think we first went on that ship in 2009 when the ship was brand new. And honestly, I have to say, you can't tell that it's a 11-year-old ship now. It looks just as... Beautiful as the first time we did it. And I just love the staff on uh, the Celebrity Equinox. They're always so kind and they were just so nice and eager to greet us as we were getting on the ship. It really was sort of a nice feeling to board that ship. No, this was our favorite ship and it still was just as nice as we remembered it.
1: What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it?
3: Yeah, well, actually, it was super awesome when we boarded the ship. I think this was the first time ever while sailing with Celebrity, we were able to go straight to the rooms when we boarded. And the rooms weren't necessarily ready, but they had signs up saying you can still put your stuff in the room and then they'll be ready later for you to actually start settling into the room. But as a group of 14, we had six cabins. And part of the reason we enjoy traveling with Celebrity so much is that we can get all our cabins in a row. And on that class of ship, the equinox, which I believe that's solstice class ship, mm-hmm. all the balconies can open up. And so even though we're in six separate cabins, we're all able to sort of share one balcony and walk across through each room. And so we were in four just regular balcony suite cabins, and then we also had two sky suites. So let's talk
1: about dining on this seven-night cruise. We'll start in the main dining room. Um, What time dining did you have, and what did you think of it?
3: So we did the late dining, and that's what we always choose to do. We sort of like to take as much time in the sunshine as we can, and we don't like to start getting ready for dinner until after the sun goes down. So we always prefer to choose the late dining time.
1: And how was the service once you were in there, and the food and all of that?
3: I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I definitely think that, dining on a cruise ship can be hit or miss. I wouldn't necessarily say that it was the best dining I had ever had on a cruise ship, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely like, I have no complaints about it and the service was fantastic.
1: Because there was 14 of you guys, did you guys all eat at the same time or did everyone kind of do their own thing at dinner time?
3: Yeah. So actually that's something that's really important to my family. We sort of all tend to do our own thing during the day, but Mm -hmm. it's very important to us that we all join each other for dinner. Um, because we had two little kids who go to camp, we had a table for 12, which usually is very difficult to book in advance. So actually what we do every year is when we get on the boat, the second we get on the boat, someone goes over to find the main 3 at the dining room and make sure that we can all be at one table because they usually will put us at two separate tables and we don't like that. So when we can, we like to all be placed at one person table if that's possible. Um, so yeah that's what we did every night we make sure that we all go to dining and just have that family time.
1: And you mentioned that you went to the steakhouse which is Tuscan Grill and you went to La Petite Chef so how was your experience at each place?
3: The Tuscan Grill it was great the food is fantastic I have to be honest though that was the day that we had been in uh, St. Thomas and I think all of us were so exhausted so even though the food was fantastic I think we sort of I was just so exhausted during that meal. And uh, I don't even think we ended up staying for dessert because we, we were just wiped. But uh, the food was delicious. We'd eaten at that restaurant before, and we just we knew it was going to be good. And then as far as that lepetit chef, uh, we enjoy it. Actually, um, I'm among the youngest generation in my family. I am a grandchild, uh, but I'm the oldest. And we actually decided to do for lepetit chef that we would just do the children. So we ranged in age from we had a three-year-old and a six-year-old, and then Mm -hmm. we had all the way up to me, who I'm 23. So we were all together at Le Petit Chef, and it's really a fun experience how they project little characters on uh, on the tables as you're waiting for your food, and then once the little characters finish making your food, they bring out a plate, and it looks exactly like sort of the cartoon that the little characters... We're creating my one complaint, though, I have to say is actually my family went on the celebrity edge last year for Christmas, and it was actually the exact same show and the exact same menu as last year. So I don't know if it's always the same show at every ship or it's just we got unlucky and we had the same show again. Uh, But that was a little disappointing because we were sort of hoping for something different.
1: Yeah, I believe they said they're going to change that like every two years, I think.
3: I was talking to one of the,
1: um, I think like the VP of like food and entertainment when I was sailing on edge in April. And he was telling me that because of the projections and everything, they can only do it like once every two years, some partnership they have or something like that.
3: That makes sense. I mean, it's such a production that they Mm -hmm. have to do to sort of get that whole course put together and make sure that food comes out at the right time. So I, I totally understand why it would take them so long to create a new show.
1: Yeah. And how was the buffet area on the ship?
3: It was good. Um, I honestly don't think I ate there much. I think we went there for lunch on the first day and then I may have had lunch there one or two other times. I actually really enjoyed the spa lunch, which is sort of mm-hmm. by the Solarium. There's sort of adult only spa pool. They have a spa lunch over in that area. It's free, uh, just like the buffet, but in a different area. And they have lots of small plates and they're sort of, more healthier fare or just lighter fare. Um, It was the same thing every day, but I just really enjoyed it. I think most of my family enjoyed it. So that's where I ended up eating lunch most days.
1: Is the solarium on Celebrity, on their ships, is it adults only?
3: Yes. So it is adults only, But and I had never seen this before. uh, On the Equinox, they had for two hours each day, I think it was like four to six, Mm-hmm. was family hours when kids could join. I don't know if that was something they did especially because it was a Christmas sailing and there were a bunch of extra kids on the ship or if that's something they always do. But that actually, there was one day where my entire family was able to go into the solarium, all the little kids along with all the adults um, and we were all able to go in the pool. And especially because I think the ship was a little more rocky that mm-hmm. day, the seas were a little rougher. And so sort of on the pool sometimes on the ships, when it's rocky, it sort of causes waves in the pool. It's almost like a makeshift wave pool. Right. And I think we all really got to kick out of that, especially uh, my youngest cousin, who's three years old. She actually swam for the first time without her swimmy. She was just so excited to be swimming with the family and the waves. She finally had the courage to take her swimmies off. And she, she was uh, swimming all over the place like a fish. It was fantastic. We had such a great time.
1: Very cool. So how was the entertainment on this seven-night cruise?
3: It was good I only actually went to one of the production shows but I have to say I was impressed it was great it was sort of um, they had a lot of really modern music which I enjoyed and um, I really just enjoyed the choreography and everything and especially after going on the celebrity edge last year where I really enjoy the entertainment on the celebrity edge I think some other people in my family thought it was a little too edgy for them so I think the entertainment on the ship was just a little bit more of what we had come to expect on celebrity sailings and so we really enjoyed the production show there also was uh, two different comedians and one was definitely better than the other um but we went to the comedian shows and there was also a magician that we really liked
1: how was the music around the ship
3: there was quite a bit of music um definitely like always in the atrium area there was some sort of performance, especially because of the Christmas sailing, there was lots of Christmas music and caroling. So that was really nice. And then also there was a DJ by the pool most of the time. Um, and that was, they played some good music, a lot of like a great mix of current songs, but also some 80s throwbacks that mm-hmm. other people enjoyed. So yeah. yeah, I thought the music was great. And how
1: were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? Speaking of the pool on this cruise.
3: My family, we're early risers, so we always make sure to get Chase lounges early in the morning, 6, 7 a.m. So uh, we didn't really have any issues as far as finding Chase lounges, and I didn't really notice a lot of crowding on the ship. Uh, The one one thing that did bother me a little is I'm actually a marathon runner, and so I would go running on the running track. And if I didn't make sure to go super early in the morning, because the running track run sort of around where the chaise lounges are. If I was, if it got to be like 9 a.m., uh, 9, 10 a.m., there starts to be lots of people walking around the running track, and it makes it very difficult to run on the running track. Uh, so that was probably one of the only times that I noticed it being really crowded up mm. at the uh, pool deck.
1: And celebrities' casinos are non-smoking, so we'll move to your ports of call. What ports did you hit on this seven-night cruise?
3: The first port we went to was... San Juan. And actually, we didn't get there till nighttime. We got there, I want to say like around 3pm. And we ended up deciding we had been to San Juan a few times. So uh, we didn't want to do any of the more traditional tours, because we had done a lot of them. So we decided to do a tour of the Bacardi factory. Mm -hmm. And we just a whole family and we were a little concerned with kids and stuff that we wouldn't enjoy it. But I have to say, we had such a great time at the Bacardi Factory. Uh, we actually booked it on our own. We didn't book it with the boat. Uh, and I think we saved like a ton of money yeah. by booking it on our own. But I definitely recommend, even if you have kids who are too young to drink, it's still a really great tour. And then also we were a little concerned about making it to the tour on time because our ship didn't get until three. And I think the latest tour we could book was four. So we were a little a little concerned about getting there on time but actually because some of the people in my party were sailing in suites we were able to go to the suite lounge which is called the retreat Mm -hmm. and they sort of collect all the suite passengers in that lounge and then they get priority uh disembarkation from the ship when we get to port and so that sort of helped us to make sure that we made it to our tour on time
1: very good what port did you hit next
3: so then we went to Tortola, and I, we had never been to Tortola before. Um, I got off with some of the people in my party, and we went and did one of those zipline canopy tours.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, we had a beautiful view. It was a really great zipline tour. And actually, that was on Christmas Day. So cool. a lot of the local businesses and stores and stuff were closed at the port just because it was Christmas Day. And, you know, we're used to that. We travel every year over Christmas. And, you know, usually if you're in port on Christmas Day, most likely everything is going to be closed. So after we finished the zip lining, we sort of just all got back on the ship because there wasn't much to do around the port.
1: Now, Tortola was one of those ports that really got hammered in 2017 with the storms. Could you tell, or they pretty much rebounded?
3: Yeah, you know, I had not known that before I went, mm-hmm. but it was like a half hour bus ride to get okay. to the zipline tour and I I totally noticed as we were passing various homes and stuff that you could definitely see some of the damage and, and it is sort of sad uh, to see the damage that they've incurred but um, you know when I asked about it the people they, they seemed pretty upbeat about it and they said you know they're rebuilding and they're so happy to have the, the cruise passengers there to help with their economy so mm-hmm. there's definitely still damage but I think they're working on bringing it back.
1: Yeah. So you went to San Juan, Tortola. What was your next port of call?
3: We went to St. Thomas, which we've been to several times. It's one of our favorite ports. And actually we did another family tradition that we do every year, which is where we choose one of the ports we're going to and we actually reserve a private catamaran for the day just for our family. We used to do sort of the group catamaran tours or charters through the ship because we're such a large party and we sort of just enjoy private tours we have in the past few years we've been doing a private catamaran tour and so we actually we had a hard time finding a catamaran that we could charter for the day and then through some online research that my mother did she found a resort in St. Thomas called the Belongo Bay Beach Resort and she emailed them and said like I see online that you guys have a catamaran that you do trips on any chance you would allow us cruise passengers to charter on your catamaran for the day. And they said yes. And so the catamaran came and picked us up right at the port. I think it was a six hour sailing and they made lunch for us and we went snorkeling and everyone got sunburned, but we had such a great time as we do every year. We call it our favorite day of the year as a family. We're just big fans of sailing and being out there on the water on a catamaran. It's, it's just such a great time.
1: Yeah, St. Thomas is one of those ports that just offer you so much. Like you can go to the catamaran, you can go to Lookout Point, you can hop a ferry and go over to St. John for the day and like go to Trunk Bay. Just so many options there in, a, in St. Thomas. Um, after St. Thomas, was there any other ports?
3: Yeah, so the last day of the cruise, we were in Nassau mm-hmm. and unfortunately it poured the entire day. There was one time where the rain cleared up and some of the people in my party got off the boat and they didn't even make it to the end of the pier before the rain started coming down again and they ended up just running back onto the ship. Uh, Luckily, we had been to NASA just the year prior and we've been a few times before that. So, it was We sort of treated it as another sea day, and we actually spent most of the day in the solarium because that's an indoor pool, and we mm-hmm. also went to the game room, and we played some board games with the family. So, yeah, we didn't really get a chance to explore Nassau that day just because of the rain. We decided to stay on the ship.
1: One of my favorite areas on Celebrity Ships is the Sunset Bar in the back. Did you spend any time back there?
3: Yeah, you know, we didn't really think to go back. Like, we had been on the ship two times before, so we mm-hmm. knew what we'd been there, but we didn't really to go back there until the, I want to say, second to last day of the cruise. And I think I was with my father one day and we were just like, let's go get a drink. And we decided to go to the Sunset Bar. And it was right when the sun was setting and we were sailing away from port and it was beautiful. And we actually, because we all had the Wi-Fi, we were texting our family saying, hey, everyone come to the Sunset Bar. Like, let's take pictures. Let's look at the sunset. Um, And so we sort of were a little disappointed that we didn't go earlier in the sailing Uh, But I definitely recommend if you go on the Equinox to go to that Sunset Bar. Even if you're not a big drinker, it's just a great place to sit. It's a great atmosphere, and it's some beautiful sights.
1: Yeah, for sure. So you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was disembarkation?
3: It was pretty seamless. Actually, my family ended up going to breakfast that morning, and we went to Luminae, which is the suite dining room. And they were generous enough that even though we weren't all staying in tweets, they did let our entire party have breakfast there that morning. Mm -hmm. And then we sort of stayed until one of the last times that you could uh, get off the ship. And, you know, once we were done with breakfast, we got off the ship. Our bags were right there waiting for us. And it was super easy to just get our bags and go to the curb where we had a bus that we had called to pick us all up sitting right there waiting for us.
1: Looking back on this seven-night cruise, what was the biggest highlight for you?
3: Yeah, so like I said, that time where my entire family was able to swim in the solarium pool, including Mm -hmm. all the little kids, that really was a great experience for us. Um, So that would probably be my biggest highlight.
1: Do you have any tips to offer anyone sailing either Celebrity Equinox or going down to those islands?
3: Yeah, definitely. I would recommend as far as in those Caribbean islands, my family, we very rarely end up booking excursions to the trip. It's just through the ship. It's just always so much easier and cheaper usually to book it on your own. And then also, we book our cruises two years in advance. Mm-hmm. And we try to always book our cruises for the future while we're on a ship because you get such great deals when you book in advance on the ship. And so because we had booked this cruise two years in advance, we have all four perks, which means we, had, we all had free Wi-Fi. We all had the premium beverage package. We all had prepaid tips um, and onboard credit. So I definitely would say, like, if you're on the Equinox and you really enjoy it and you think you want to do it again, take advantage of that, uh, those free perks you get by booking onboard.
1: How was the Wi-Fi signal?
3: It was pretty fast. I would say there were definitely some times where it would be slower than others. So it was a little hit or miss. But when it was strong, it was really strong. So if you hit it at the right time, you'd be able to stream stuff. But otherwise, it may be a little slower. But I would definitely say Royal Caribbean and Celebrity, they always, I feel, have the best Wi-Fi.
1: Well, in closing here, Sarah, what are your final thoughts of Celebrity Equinox?
3: So we went on this ship knowing that we hadn't been on it in nine years, but we remembered it being our favorite ship. And we were not disappointed. It is still our favorite ship. And, you know, sometimes people just always want to go on the newest and largest ships, but it's nice to go on these older, smaller ships, even though it's still a pretty large ship, mm-hmm. uh, but we had such a great time. It's a beautiful, beautiful boat. And also I have to say that this ship specifically, the staff is just so kind. They're all so accommodating you know there were times where i was just sitting eating lunch and a staff member would come up and ask me how my day was going how my sailing was going if there was anything they could do to make my sailing better and that's just not an experience you get on all cruise lines and on all ships and so i think celebrity really knows what they're doing and specifically on the celebrity equinox all the people who work there just really seem to enjoy their jobs they seem to enjoy working there and they just want to make your vacation as great as it possibly can be so I have to say Celebrity Equinox still remains our favorite ship to go on.
1: Yeah, the crew make a big difference. They can make or break a cruise. We've been talking with Sarah about her seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise aboard Celebrity Equinox. Sarah, thank you so much for giving us this review.
3: Oh, thank you, Doug.
0: All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.
2: Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here in it together feel confident in your care and in yourself schedule a women's health appointment with an essential health provider today click the banner to learn more